0: It was in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 7, most of you have probably read the story. It was one of the many times where uh, the nation Israel was facing impending doom at the hands of an army that was far more powerful than their own. In that particular case, it was the armies of the Philistines. And of course, they come to the prophet Samuel and asked him, they said, will you cry out to God for us? Apparently, they didn't feel like they were on praying, ground with the Lord, I don't know, but... They asked Samuel, will you intercede? Will you cry out to God? And he said, yes, I will. And it says in that text, and the Lord heard him. And it says Samuel raised up a stone, a monument, and he called the name of it Ebenezer. Now, I know in our culture, Ebenezer is the grouchy guy in the old Christmas movie. But it's actually far more meaningful than that. Ebenezer means stone of hell. He set that up, it was permanent, so they could look and see what the Lord had done. Aren't we forgetful people? Don't we need those monuments? And then Samuel says these words, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Perhaps you've noticed that with a slight variation, those very words are inscribed out here in the cornerstone to the northeast. Now what was going on 100 years ago, one century ago, In the year 1917. Well, among famous people, that was the year that Al Capone, also nicknamed Scarface, received those three infamous slices in his face that he would carry to his grave. It was in 1917 that Albert Einstein published his first paper on cosmology. It was in 1917 that Harry Houdini performed his first of three Buried alive stunts. In fact, that one almost killed him. He barely survived it. It was in 1917 that Buffalo Bill Cody died of kidney failure. How about on the world stage? It was in 1917 that Lenin's Bolsheviks seized national power in the Russian Revolution. It was also in 1917 that the United States formally declared war on Germany and entered what was called at that time the war to end all wars. But a little bit closer to home, I tried to look up the history. As far as I can tell, it was that same year, 1917, that it was an African-American group of Christians that began construction on Wilder Avenue Baptist Church, which is the same facility in which they're now seated. As far as I know, for 100 years, this building has been used for some sort of church. 5,200 Sundays have gone by, and except for the periods when the building sat unoccupied, there were some of those. As far as I know, it has been some sort of religious institution. Now you know as well as I do what that means. A lot's happened. There's been truth taught here. There's been lives that have been transformed as a result of what's taken place here within these walls. There's been error taught here. There's been heartache. There's been divisions. Human nature doesn't change. There's been brides that have walked forward here and met their groom up front while people rejoice. There's been caskets sitting up here while tears flowed and people paid last respects to a loved one who'd gone before. If only these walls could talk, they could tell us quite a story. Well, today this building enters into another chapter. Another group occupies it. Another facelift has happened outside. Another sign is fastened up to the side of the building. You might ask, well what is it that we're so excited about? Is it that the religious train is just driving on still? Just reasons of heritage? Just because it's a neat historical story? Or because we now have a high ceiling and instead of frying up here, I have air conditioning blowing on my back? No, it's much deeper than that. You see, what is the real power and the real influence from heaven's perspective of any ministry. What is it? It's not my brains or eloquence. People often compliment sermons. I don't mind that. As long as you understand the powers of God. And not human eloquence. The power is not in your creative ingenuity, or the decorations we've put up here, or how clean the building is or how well we can attract and entertain people, none of those things change the hearts of men for eternity. Yeah, we're thankful for the wood and the wires and the shingles, but those are merely the backdrop for the real renovation that's taking place, and that's the lives of human beings that are ravaged by sin. I don't have an answer for these problems in and of myself. But do you know something? The truth of God doesn't change. And whether you left the mining camps as an African-American and you hitched up your horse out front in 1917 when World War I was going on, or you pulled up this morning, in 2017, truth has not changed. I know we uh, live in a culture where absolutes are falling out of favor, aren't they? Can I remind us all of something? The God that made you is a God of absolutes. Eternity is a time of absolutes. God of the universe has said that all men are absolutely guilty sinners. Tomorrow, the country is going to watch and see a a once-in-a-lifetime event. For the first time in 99 years, we're going to have a total solar eclipse traverse the entire continental United States. I want you to remember something when you look up at that. Or don't look right at it, I guess you're not supposed to. But that's merely an illustration of great spiritual lessons. You know, that moon was created with no light in and of itself. It's barren and rocky, but it was made to reflect the glory of the sun. And we consider it an anomaly when the moon gets in the way and actually blocks the light. You were made to reflect the glory of God. But sin blocks the light. But even then, you can look up and see a little bit around the edges. So it is today. Things are dark. The world of religion is confusing. I don't even like the term religion. Religion is typically man's, try- man's attempt to make God happy with him. If that's your definition, we are not religious here. We're not interested in some dog and pony show. and trying to make ourselves look all spiritual to make God smile. We stand here a group of redeemed sinners and say God's free grace has saved wicked people like us and we want to tell you the good news of Jesus Christ. We don't have anything else to give besides that. God has said absolutely that all sin must be punished. And as a just judge, He will do what He says. But you know, here's the other absolute. God says He desires all men to be saved. He's patient. He's long-suffering. Let me give you another absolute people hate in our PC culture. There's absolutely one way to escape. And it really doesn't matter what I think. And it really doesn't matter what you think. I often tell people, you don't like the truth, go create your own universe. But until you can do that, you're stuck in this one. So you better do what He says. Oh, to understand the love of God. You see, our sin nature makes us run from Him. You and I had a debt we couldn't pay. We were condemned to the lake of fire by nature and by choice. What were all those sacrifices in the Jewish altars all those years? Bring a lamb, let it die, spread its blood. Was merely pointing to the sacrifice that was going to come. But you see, the sacrifice had to be man. No sheep could ever pay the penalty for your sin. But the sacrifice also had to be infinite. How could one man die for the sins of the whole world? How could one man bear that wrath? God became man. Fulfilled the law. Who is Jesus Christ? He said, Yes, the only perfect man who ever lived, but God in the flesh. The Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. The Lord has said, Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Let me ask you a pointed question. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to ask anyone to raise your hand. I'm not going to do that. But let me ask you a question that you will face and you cannot escape. Either now, by choice, or then, when you have no choice, you will deal with this question. Here's what it is. It's not, are you religious? It's not, what denomination are you or was grandpapa a preacher? Here's the question. Do you know? based on unchanging, absolute truth given by God that your sins are forgiven. Do you know that? Glorious thing, the good news we talked about this morning. You can know. You know why God saved me? I can't really tell you. He's His own reason. It's sure not because he needed me. It's sure not because I deserved it. But it's because he's merciful. In another hundred years is the world going to be here? I don't know. Neither do you. Is this building going to be here in another hundred years? Perhaps there'll be a group here having another service celebrating the bicentennial of the number out inscribed in the front. I don't know that, but here's what I do know in that day. one of us is going to be somewhere forever. And the time to deal with those hard questions is N-O-W now. Oh, God's so patient. But you can't take His patience to me. He's going to wait forever on your behalf. I want to say this. If any of you have questions on that, there are several pastors here, several other people who want to help you. I would be thrilled to pieces to take time. I'm not talking about some gimmick. I'm to repeat this little prayer. I'm talking about to take time with you to show you who God is, who you are in sight, what's the way of salvation, what does it mean to believe in Christ, what does God want to make you? Please can talk to one of us if opportunity going to have a meal after the service. Several of us will be around for some time. most of you have my phone number. There's a website. There's a way to contact us. We'd love to help For now, let's all stand. We will close in prayer. Father, we stand in awe by presence. Lord, even the little bit that we can see. Lord, we know that in your word you've told us that which we need to know now, but there's so much more. No mind can comprehend you. No mouth can describe you. Father, the heaven of heavens cannot contain you, much less this house that we now occupy. But Father, once again, I don't know what else happened here in the past. But for now, you've given this facility to us. And Father, we want to take it and lay it down at thy service. It already belongs to you. Father, we admit we have no power to change lives in and of ourselves. We are not the end product. But Lord, we rejoice to point people to the truth, to say there is a God in heaven that made you. There is a God in heaven that loves you. There is a God that became man died and rose again to buy you back from the slave market of sin. And I pray, Lord, you take this building and this church family and set it up as a lighthouse, not to shine glory to any person except the person of Christ. And Father, I pray that lives would be transformed for good here. That people would come to Christ here. That people would be nourished and built up in their faith here. Lord, we thank you for the way you brought all of this together. Father, we rejoice that we get to eat together now also. And we thank you for those provisions. And we ask your blessing, Lord, on that food. And on our time visiting. Thank you, Lord, for this precious day. For all the souls you've brought here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.